0: Hi, this is Greg Morrow welcoming you today to a very special Power Podcast edition of Dr. Morris Cirillo's classic 2011 Dallas School of Ministry, direct from the Morris Cirillo Legacy International Center in San Diego, California. Get ready to be encouraged, equipped, and empowered right now as together we join God's servant, Dr. Morris Cirillo.
1: While we're standing in the wonderful presence of the Holy Spirit. I greet you this afternoon in the name that is above every name. The only name that's worthy to be praised this is a very unique experience it's been quite some time since The Holy Spirit has led his servant to have a special school of ministry. I want to make you a promise today. Normally these schools last for seven, eight days. There's going to be an intensification of the Holy Spirit manifested here. That in two days, I believe your life, your family, your ministry, and I'm praying especially for pastors
0: hallelujah
1: and those that are in the ministry I'm praying especially for you because I know that if what happened 2000 years ago will once again again, happen in our day. God is ready to turn America upside down. One more time, let's give Jesus the biggest clap off. You may be seated. Stay under this very rich, very incredible, Anointing. There's a unique characteristic about the school of ministry. That terminology, school of ministry, was coined through God speaking very specifically. To Brother Cirillo, you never heard of the terminology "school of ministry" until in 1962. How many of you believe God speaks to people today? God visited Mars. And exactly as you hear my voice, I heard the voice of God. 2,000 years ago, one of the most unique, and I believe, greatest miracles in the world took place. In this service, I wasn't supposed to be in this meeting this afternoon. I was supposed to be starting in the service tonight, but the Holy Spirit said to me, son, I want you to come and start the school of ministry launch it this afternoon because I am going to manifest an intensification. (laughs) 2,000 years ago, the greatest miracle in the world took place. During the next few days we're going to journey this afternoon, tonight, all day tomorrow until tomorrow night. Tomorrow night is going to be an awesome service where we're going to anoint each one of you with oil, going to lay hands on each one of you personally you say to me brother so is there any power in that of course don't you remember what Paul said to Timothy he said you stir up the gift of God he said that I gave to you with the laying on of hands you see I'm expecting a transformation to take place in your life over the next few days, you will never, ever again be the same. When this incredible miracle took place, a change was manifested throughout the entire world. I want to make a prophecy to you today, if that's all right. In November of 2010, I stood in Tel Aviv, Israel. For 50 years, we've had an outreach of ministry in the nation of Israel. I have been in Israel 51 years in a row. Hundreds of times. And God is using your ministry to build an end time incredible army how many of you believe god is going to have an end time army of israelis jews that he's going to use in the last days 2,500 people in this meeting in Tel Aviv in an auditorium called the Hangar 11. Gatherings like this don't happen in Israel, but it's the result of 50 years of ministry pouring life into the Israelis, into this incredible army. There were actually 800 Arabs. Holy Spirit-filled Arabs. (laughs) The anointing of God came upon Mars. And I found myself prophesying, change is coming. (laughs) Not once, but twice. Not twice, but three times. Not three times, but a dozen times. In the next hour, God spoke through the lips of his prophet. Change was coming to the Middle East. Change was coming to the world. And it wasn't long after the prophecy that the Middle East began to be shaken. Egypt began to be shaken. Saudi Arabia is being shaken. Bahram is being shaken. Vice President of Yemen resigned yesterday as the people are crying out for democracy in Yemen. I snuck into well don't tell the president because he's about to be ousted out of Libya anyhow. But two years ago I snuck into Libya. I mean literally had to sneak into Libya and we gathered 1,000 Africans in Libya in a secret place. And I taught them all day long about what God is gonna do for you here in the school. And now it's being manifested in Libya. (laughs) Somebody shout (laughs) change. I prophesy to you in the name of Jesus. Change is coming to America. Anybody here from Mexico? All my wonderful Spanish people from Mexico stand up. Somebody shout, Gloria, Dios. Oh I prophesy to you, change is coming to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shanaraba, shanaraba, and begin to speak in the prayer language of the Holy Ghost. Use the gift of the Holy Spirit. Go ahead, use the gift of the Holy Ghost. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue. He doesn't speak to man, he speaks to God. Start a journey today. It's a journey that's going to take us past head experience. If there is a characteristic that will be noted in this school of ministry in the next few days or the next few sessions, I wish we had days, but we only have today and tomorrow. What's going to happen is that you are going to find God taking you past head knowledge. Is there anybody here that would really like God to use your spiritual life? I'm not talking about just teaching a Sunday school. And don't get upset with me, pastors. I love you. You didn't hear what I said. Because you missed a good place to say, we love you, too, Brother Silver. No, it's too late. (laughs) Something happened, and you and I are going to have the Holy Spirit unveil it. Something happened 2,000 years ago. When this manifestation took place, the entire known, anybody listening? Anybody listening? The entire known world was shaken and the entire known world was reached with the resurrection power of our blessed Lord. And it only took the early church 300 years to shake the world. Now, you may not be ready for this. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Don't despise the very beginnings of the things that God has because God always plants small seeds and then they are touched by the manifestation of his intensification. And those seeds grow until you are not able to contain the outflow and the overpouring. Oh, my God, start that in you right here in Dallas, Texas. Start that in you. Open your spirit
0: wide. Ah,
1: Is it all right if Brother Shrill just talks to you every service as we go step by step? Is it all right if I just talk to you from my heart? You see, this is Brother Thriller's sixty-sixth anniversary of ministry. Hallelujah. Hey! Have, have, have you got any idea? of the cry that is in my heart for you for God to do for you what he did for the early church two thousand years ago oh my kabasanta you can stand up you can shout you can praise god anytime you want to when Brother Sula does this, just be seated. The God that you and I serve, is it softly on the organ, please? Is a God of plan? Somebody say it. Somebody say plan. plan. Is a God of purpose? He's a God of design? Yes. See, he doesn't just go in any direction. He has a design. How many of you believe when God created this world, he had a design in mind, how that the world would be formed, how that there would be the sun, there'd be the stars, there'd be the waters. How many of you believe God is a God of design? Well, you get ready, because I wanna tell you something here in Dallas in the first opening service, God has an incredible design for your life. Uh, you didn't hear me. No, you didn't hear me. He's not only a God of plan, He's not only a God of purpose, He's not only a God of design, but then everything He does He's the God of objectivity, T-Y. I'll put it over here. Somebody say, plan, Plan, purpose, purpose, design, design, objectivity. objectivity. Did you know, I don't know whether you're ready for this or not. Did you know that when Jesus was alive on the face of the earth, that there was only 250 million people in the world? Did you know that? Most people don't know that. And did you know that it took some six 1,500 and 50 years for the population of the world to grow to 500 million people. Somebody say, intensification. intensification. I'm sorry to put you behind the blackboard, that's why I asked you to make sure all these people on this side have seats over here. See, Papa practices what he preaches. I'm a man of plan. Now, are you you ready for this? Then it only took Somebody say, Somebody say, intensification. Intensification. It only took two hundred years for the population of the world to reach one billion people. Are you ready for this? Yes. I'm not so sure. Then it only took 80 years. Somebody say intensification. Yes. To the year 1930. Did you know that? A lot of you can relate to the year 1930, but it only took 80 years to the year 1930 for the population of the world to double. To two billion people. Somebody say intensification. Now, it only took to the year 1976, which was 46 years later, for the population of the world to double again from the population of two billion to the population of four billion people somebody say intensification <laughs> now if you look back on the year 2010 we have grown from 4 billion people to over 7 billion people on the face of the earth. I tell you this afternoon in Jesus name if we are ever going to overtake the population of the world, the heathen, which is multiplying faster than the church, which is multiplying to such a degree that every year you and I are adding to the role of the damned 100 million people who after you take all of the people that are reached by evangelism, by crusades, by radio, by literature, by television, by every possible means, after you take all of that into consideration, you and I add a hundred million people to this role of the damned, I didn't say who will reject Christ. I said who will never hear his name. Anybody believe we need change? Yes. If I'll use this microphone, it's wonderful, thank you. If we are ever going to reach this world, now please, I'm not one to wanna just get up here and say cliches that are emotional. You know that make us all feel good, no. Please believe me. I'm only interested in one thing. How are we going to reach this world? How are we going to reach this world? If I didn't believe that there was a possibility for us to reach the world. I walk off this platform tonight, this afternoon, never ever again stand on the platform or the pulpit or minister again. But see, you're looking at a minister who after 66 years, Believes that the church of Jesus Christ is about to make the greatest spiritual breakthrough that will take us past churchianity, that will take us past head knowledge, that will bring us into an experience that the early church had that enabled them to shape the world oh somebody put your hand up and give him praise let's go back to the beginning we just have a little talk together I love you so much one of my very special beloved men. He's gonna to preach to you tomorrow afternoon. Amen. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Also, John Abenzini is gonna be preaching tomorrow afternoon. I'm stuck with the morning. I take the hardest part. Oh my God. Did you know that you are not, don't get mad at me now. I don't know what denomination, I don't know what church you're from, but did you know you're not Church of God? Hallelujah. I got a phone call two or three days ago from T.L. Lowry, some of you know him, Church of God leader. He said to me, Brother Sula, I just had to tell you how much your life, how much your ministry has meant to me and I love you so very much. Church of God, but I don't hold that against him. (laughs) I, I, I really don't care if you're Baptist. I don't really care if you're Methodist. I don't care if you're Catholic. Can I tell you the reason why? Because the body of Christ is, oh, don't get mad at me. Anybody really ready for God to give you a breakthrough? Do you know what's gonna happen here in the next few days? Put the word destiny in your spirit. Somebody say destiny. Destiny. You're gonna come into your destiny. Somebody say dimension. You're gonna come into your dimension. You know what the word dimension means? It means the degree to which something I don't know how far you wanna go. But, but I know this, I know this, that you are not going to stop at this point of blessing anymore. You're not going to be satisfied. You are going to get your destiny. You're going to get your dimension. And you're going to get your breakthrough. Oh, Open your mouth and speak in other tongues. Your life, your heritage, your legacy, and mine are wrapped up in the manifestation of a God. Not a theory. Anybody here, Papa? Somebody say manifestation. I am not negative but I am going to tell you this I don't have much patience with people who say God does not do miracles to prove himself. And you got a lot of preachers you're guilty of that. Why, because we try to make excuses for the lack of reality. Anybody believe God brought you to this school of ministry? See, we're not supposed to tell the world that God exists without being able to manifest the fact that he does exist. We're not supposed to be able to color eggs and have Easter bunnies running all over the place. But we're supposed to be able to manifest that the grave could not hold him. That hell's chains could not bind him. He is who he claims to be. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God! To get a breakthrough, yes. I am going to see it in my day. I don't know how much more time I have on this earth, but I'm going to tell you this I will see the breakthrough where a powerful spiritual force will be released that will bring about the greatest. Manifestation of the power of God that the world has ever seen. <laughs> Anybody? Here, want to be used by God? Yes. I'm not talking about preaching. Come on. Come on. We probably have the king of preachers in this meeting. I'm serious. anybody really want to see america shaken i believe that that's one of the reasons why god asked me to come back to america i don't have meetings i don't have crusades but he asked me to come back and have these few little schools of ministry And I believe the reason why is because he is going to raise up a new breed. People that are going to go beyond head knowledge. Why? Because God never intended to use anybody without first giving them an experience. Oh, my God. My God. Elijah must have been one of the biggest liars that ever lived. When he said, let's let the God that answers by fire be God. Oh, I, I, I thought we're not supposed to expect God to manifest himself. Oh, come on, don't look at me with that Spanish look. <laughs> then Jesus must have been a liar. When they said, show us the Father, and what did he say? Have you not seeing the Father? If you see me, you see the Father. However, he said, if you don't believe what I say, he says, believe me because of the works that I do. where we get all these backs preachers don't get mad at me I love you anyhow (laughs) I may not be talking to you maybe the person I'm talking to is not even in this building but you know what I mean I can't find one person in this Bible that God ever used without first giving them an experience. We got all these preachers who keep telling you you're not supposed to go by feelings or by (laughs) manifestations, you're supposed to go by faith. You know, I can accept that if I knew that they understood what faith means. We're gonna have one whole session in this school of ministry on faith because when you walk out of this school after the Saturday night session, you are going to be empty of doubt. <laughs> empty of doubt. I'm not going to stop here today. What time is it, great? I lost my watch. My watch is, it's 4.30 already? Well, I'll take only another two hours. (laughs) Did you know that if preaching could have saved the world, did you know we would have reached the world a long time ago? I'm gonna just tell you two more things before we pause, give you a chance to get a little fasting in before the evening service. No, I mean get a little sandwich before the evening service. I don't know whether you're ready for this or not. Oh, smile at me. Somebody say, God God brought me me to to this school of ministry for a divine purpose. My life, my ministry, my family, We'll never be the same again. Ah! Ladies, did you know if we took all the churches that exist in the world today, of every denomination, Catholic, Protestant, Jewish, Muslim, did you know that we could not get inside the church, this is supposed to be a church, excuse my artistic ability, We could not get inside the church. All the buildings of every denomination in the world, Catholic, Protestant, Buddhist, Shintoist, all of them put together, we could not get inside those buildings. We could not get 2% of the world's population. Now you tell me how are we gonna reach the world from inside the church? Not possible. Something has to happen to our structure today. How many in this opening session, how many here are what you would call full-time preachers? Let me see your hand. Hold them way up, high. wave them at me. All right, thank you, thank you. Maybe that's our problem. Maybe that's where we ought to start. Tonight we're gonna go into an incredible revelation, an incredible dimension. But maybe we ought to start right there. What are you talking about, Brother Stroff? I'm telling you that 12 disciples never reached this world. I'm telling you that 120 people from the upper room never reached this world. I'm telling you the 500 of the resurrection never reached this world. Maybe that's why God inaugurated and started the concept of the school of ministry. Why? Because we need to reinterpret what a minister really is. Our biggest problem today I'm so sorry to say it I'm not negative but our biggest problem today is our people come into church sit there enjoy the music pay their tithes give a little missionary offering then go home Did you know this not Hardly a church in America that can have a Sunday night meeting? What, people won't come out? They're home watching Two-Gun Harry Will Travel. (laughs) Or Dancing with the Stars, or American Idol. Come Come Oh, come on, don't look at me like that. Put your hands under your chin like this and do this. Come on, do it again. You say, Morris, what does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. It means by the grace of God in the name of Jesus in this school of ministry, we're gonna rip the mask off. Don't you believe it's time we looked in the mirror and got the mask off? We'll go deep tonight and discover an incredible secret that gave the early church a capability that went beyond head knowledge. See, there's not many, don't get angry with me, I gotta stop, don't get angry with me. There's not many sitting in our church today, excuse me, please, I'm not being negative, I don't, I'm not preaching at people. Probably the people that need to hear this aren't even here. You understand what I mean? It's like the pastor who gets up and scolds the people that are in the prayer meeting for not being in the prayer meeting when the people that are needed to be scolded are sitting at home, not the people that are there. So I want you to understand my heart. but we're going, to, we're going to come into a new dimension. Amen. The degree to which something extends, we're gonna come into a new dimension. What do you think Paul was talking about when he said about his experience of loving Christ. That I may know him. (laughs) What's the matter with you, Paul? Didn't you, don't you know him? Oh, I know him, but my heart's crying out for something more something deeper, something that'll take me beyond that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, and if need be to be made conformable unto his death. This is the degree. This is the dimension that I want my life to go. Bible says you're gonna know the truth and the truth is gonna set you free. Mostly all of us can only get on some type of a scripture and ride it as a hobby horse. Doesn't mean anything like that at all. Doesn't mean you're gonna know how to quote the Bible. You're gonna know the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. You can know so much about the Bible and know so much about how to quote it, but not know the truth. <laughs> baba I tell you, something is going to happen to you here in this school of ministry, your life, your family. Never gonna be the same again. See what Ephesians meant when Paul wrote it. When he said that to some he gave apostles. To some he gave prophets. Evangelists, pastors, teachers, the fivefold ministry. Somebody say purpose. What Paul was driving at was the purpose. Why did God put this five-fold ministry in the church. Why? So that they could stand behind the pulpits and everything could revolve around them? I wonder how long it's been since you've been given a commission besides just sitting in your church and listening to the nice music and the nice sermons and going in and going out. You know how long it would take us to turn Dallas upside down? Not very long. Not very long. Not very long. you wouldn't have churches or stadiums big enough to hold the people. The purpose was that these ministries might do what? Might train the body of Christ. Now, if you're going to get training, you better have an objective. You better have a purpose. You don't get trained so you can just sit and enjoy more conferences. Some of you people have been fed to death. You're so overstuffed. You're so filled. How about? puncturing it, come on. How about puncturing it a little bit? Instead of keep absorbing it, how about puncturing it a little bit and let it out? <laughs> Paul said, this fivefold ministry is in the church. Why, so that it can train and equip. If we are going to experience what the early church experienced that gave them the ability to reach the world because they shook the world. Did you know, in the first 300 years, the whole known world was Christian? Hey, where are you? No, you didn't hear that. For all intents and purposes, I didn't say they were all hot-hearted, devil-chasing, speaking in tongues, casting out devil church people. How many you know we don't have like them today? Yes, yes. But for all intents and purposes, the whole known world, even Rome, bowed its knee. The emperor possessed Christ. Yes. <clears throat> Anybody want God to use your life? I can't hear you I still can't hear you I'm going to say this one last thing and then stop pick us up tonight alright okay is it alright I got to get my okay here is it okay listen Isn't it strange? Now, I'm not against churches. You gotta understand me. I'm not against church buildings. You got one here in the city cost $40 million, I'm told. I'm not against them, go ahead, help yourself. But isn't it strange when you look at the New Testament You never found any building programs? Now, I didn't say, don't walk out of here and say, Morris said, church buildings are wrong. I didn't say that. Don't misquote me. I'm just saying, if you wanna reach Texas, you're gonna get back to the Bible you know what happened? They didn't preach from temple to temple. From building to building. The word of God spread from house to house. Stand on your feet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Thank you for joining today's special edition Morris Cirillo Power Podcast message direct from the Legacy International Center in San Diego, California, A Destination with a Destiny. For more information on the Legacy Center and the ministry of Morris Cirillo, be sure to visit mcwe.com. If this Power Podcast message was a blessing to you, please be sure to subscribe and share it with someone you know that wants God to use their life in a greater way. Until next time, this is Greg Morrow saying thank you for joining in. And remember this, you are a part of God's end time plan and God has not planned any defeats for you.